Sip. I'm Sam, and this is the Sip and Sam Showdown, episode number two. Sip, how you doing? Good. Nice to see you, Sam. Hey, we're uh, what are we in? It's week three of Nebraska football camp. The dog day starting to hit in about 194 degrees. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> today, yeah. talking to coaches and, and players. Our top topic today is going to be Adrian Martinez, uh, Good who we talked to about a couple of weeks ago. Obviously, the fourth-year starting quarterback for Nebraska. He's been through a lot. Uh, since he's come to Lincoln. He was sort of a phenom as a freshman, took a step back as a sophomore, had a strange COVID year as a junior, and now everybody says he's as good as he's ever been, and he says he's as good as he's ever been. So the Kool-Aid is on the table. Does it taste tart or does it taste sweet? Well, I will say this to open, Sam. There's a, there's a lot of anticipation for that topic. Mm-hmm. A lot, people are wondering. Is this, is this real, what we're hearing, what we heard in the spring, and now what we're, what we're hearing in August? You don't really know. We don't see practice. You just kind of go by what you hear from the, from the principals. Right. Um, and it's all good. But the level of anticipation is high because you don't really know. But, it's, but it's, yet it's awfully intriguing to think Martinez breakthrough year after two, like you said, after two kind of subpar years. Agreed. I, I, I tend to watch people's shoulders and where the tension is in their shoulders. And the tension in Adrian's shoulders in press conferences has gone down. You can see that there is a comfort about him that he has not had in the past. Whether or not that translates to great play on the field, we'll see. But the fact that he's thinner, and I think he's thinner by choice, I think that's where he wants to be because that's where he feels most comfortable running and throwing, that I think intangibly he seems happy intangibly when you listen to the coaches and the teammates talk about him they're more transparent and they're more positive what does that look like on the field doesn't some of that depend on how well he's supported at the running back and the receiver and the tight end and the line position oh yeah I mean I think the conversation about Adrian has often been about what's around him and what and I feel like the program has sort of let Adrian down because they haven't had that all Big Ten receiver no. or all Big Ten running back, that, all Big Ten lineman that could take. I don't think they've had an all Big Ten lineman, but, but they didn't have it, They haven't had enough pieces that take pressure off the quarterback. Now I think they might have a few more um, than they've had, especially at the receiver positions and the tight end positions. We'll see on that, but it looks like. Right now, he might be in better shape that way and could flourish because of that. If you gave him a Stanley Morgan and a Divino Zigbo in 2019 and 2020, he's a better player. Sam, Those Sam. are the two best players that he's had at those respective Don't, positions in his time here. Yeah, and I mean, we're talking about those, those guys were good players. I mean, but Stanley wasn't drafted. That's right. I mean, what if, you, what if you gave him Watt Fillier, the Big Ten receiver of the year, Fry Gogol or Fry Fogel? Yes. Um, what if you gave him a... A 1,000-yard rusher. Jonathan Taylor. Yeah. Then what's he look like? That's what I'd like to see. And that's what I mean by I think the program in some ways has let him down. Now, Adrian, though, you know, Sam, he, he, doesn't re- he hasn't read the field all that well. The turnovers are – I mean, you've written and I've read it that, you know, he's turned it over at a higher rate than any quarterback in the country. Yes. Right? Fumbled it. Fumbled, yeah, yes. fumbled it at a higher rate. He leaves his feet far too easily for reasons that are unclear 13 yards down the field. Mm-hmm. You don't need to do that. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if he's doing it because he needs three extra yards or whatever. But when you leave your feet, you lose all of the ballast that you would have to hold on to a ball. 
so, so the only thing holding that, his on is the arm there, and that he gets it punched out now, too easily. Now, some of this, I, I know I always come out sounding like an apologist for Adrian Martinez, but some of this is the pressure that's on him all the time. Sure. If you're going to beat a good team, if Nebraska's going to beat a good team or the last few years, the last couple of years, if they were going to win against a ranked team, Adrian was going to have to run for 100 and throw for 200-plus. Right. It's just a lot to put on anybody's shoulders, right? It is. If you gave me 3,000 yards passing, I'm sorry, 3,000 total okay. yards, 20 touchdowns and 10 turnovers, not 10 interceptions, but 10 turnovers, which would probably mean about mm, five or six interceptions and four or five fumbles, I'd take it. And I think that would be not only a good team, but a good season for him. And because I don't think the Big Ten is chock full of great quarterbacks, the best quarterback right now may be Tanner Morgan. I yeah, think it's wow. possible that, that, that those numbers right there line up to an all-Big Ten season. Maybe not first team, but second or third team. And I think he can do that. I think he's capable of a 20-touchdown, 5-interception, 3,000-total-yard kind of season. Not perfect, not great, but very good. And it could be either a launching point for him to go to the NFL or I think he might benefit from a fifth season. Right. And based on what we've seen from their backup quarterbacks, don't you feel like Adrian Martinez, if you said, tell me about next year, you'd want him to come back based on what we've seen? Yeah, absolutely. And I think right now, again, I don't think he has shown the arm talent and the ability to read the field um, those qualities, I don't see that as an NFL guy right now. Again, right. though, that's some of the anticipation or a lot of the anticipation this season is to see how much he's improved in those areas, if he's improved in those areas. So, the, I mean, I, I, it's a really interesting conversation with Adrian, and you'd figure it would be. <laughs> it's his fourth year, um, and it's been a kind of a rocky ride. So, I mean, Sam, a lot of the intrigue about the in- season starts right there at the quarterback position. The best quarterback they've had since Bo Pelini took over, which was a long time ago now, 13 years, is Joe Gans. And Joe obviously didn't have the physical traits that some of the guys that came after him had. He did, certainly didn't have the arm Tanner Lee had. But Joe could do two things really well. One, he could read a defense. He knew the, oh, off, yeah, he knew yeah, the defense yeah, as yeah, well as yeah, his offensive coordinator, yeah. one. Two, Joe could throw the quick, short passes with pace and hit guys in stride. When he threw a bubble pass, the guy caught it slightly out in front of him. When he threw a slant, it was slightly out in front. When he threw an out, it was toward the sideline away from the corner. And that is an area where Adrian struggles. I don't know why he has had a hard time, even in the Minnesota game. First play of the game, what are you doing? Wandale's four yards back behind you. I don't know why Wandale was that far back. But Adrian managed to throw it still. Mm -hmm. Uh, poorly yeah those plays have to end Mm because those are just as bad as turnovers a nine yard loss it may not be losing the football but Mm -hmm. it's certainly a punt yeah and the areas where he's got to get better i know people talk about the deep ball and i get it i get it you want to throw the deep ball better i think he's going to do that better now that he's a little slimmer but man the shorter throws right in this offense and a matt lubick offense and a scott frost offense Hitting four- and five-yard throws and then letting the guy run after the catch is part of how you set up the deep throws. And yeah. so, for me, it, it's I like the kid. I think he's probably better than, than his critics say, but it still tastes a little tart until I see him do the little details 10 yards in. Mm-hmm. Much I think less that's fair. than 30 yards. I think that's fair. I mean, I think that, I mean, again, he's, he, he understands that he has a lot to prove. And, you know just kind of wrapping up the conversation remember what he said the other day which i think was integral 
speaks to what you said about his mindset. He said he's playing, he feels free now. Right. Like he doesn't have a lot of pressure, yet he has a chip on his shoulder. I think he has the perfect mindset entering the season. Now we'll see how the pressure affects him, but that's a pretty good mindset. One of the biggest differences between college football and the NFL is you can't just go out and sign a quarterback. Not really okay. in the offseason the way you can in the NFL. You can't go get a 14-year veteran in college football and come in and say, you, sir, are the backup. You are Andy Dalton. You are, you know, whomever we want you to be. Yeah. Nebraska's backups are, are essentially true freshmen. Logan's been here an extra year, but it was a COVID year, so it hardly ever counts. Logan Smothers and Heinrich Harburg are their two backups, and they could be years away. Could years, be. not a year, not a play, years away from realizing their full talent. Am I wrong about that? Um, I hope they don't think that way. They have to be preparing right now like they got to go beat Wisconsin on sure. the road. I mean, it can't be, well, we're just stop gaps. Um, well, we just got to kind of hold the ship firm. No, you got to go win. And you hope that they don't listen to things like that. Um, that they, they have to prepare to be ready right now. Now, how realistic is it? Sam, remember, there was a time when we would see a lot of practice and you would be able to, you could pretty much judge whether those guys are ready by watching four or five practices in August. Right. We don't have that benefit. I don't know where they're at. It's really hard to say. You just know they're young. There's, and you know they're in a, a tough league with great coaches. Um, and it's going to be difficult. It'll be really difficult. Harburg strikes me as a guy that could go out and complete 16 of 30 passes for three touchdowns and three interceptions. Yeah, well, And run for 64 yards and fumble once and do all kinds of incredible things, mm -hmm. but simultaneously make a bunch of mistakes. Mm -hmm. and, 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 not, and not because he's a bad guy. I think his ceiling is higher than Adrian's, to be honest with you. But I think he didn't get a bunch of offers until the onset of his senior year because there is a long developmental curve there. Like, this is a guy that is getting better and better and better and is still growing into his body. Like, mm -hmm. he, you can tell that one day he's going to be 241 pounds and 6'6", and it's going to look a whole lot different than it does now. But shoot, Josh Allen, and I'm not trying to say that Harburg's Josh Allen, but Josh Allen wasn't Josh Allen as a freshman. He mm -hmm. wasn't. That was a wild colt running around yeah. with a big arm. Josh Allen wasn't even Josh Allen the junior year he came and played at Nebraska, and he threw six interceptions. Mm -hmm. He became Josh Allen, if we're honest, about his third year into the NFL. Right. And so Heinrich is on that kind of developmental curve. Mm -hmm. uh, people say he's Justin Herbert. Maybe he is. You know, maybe maybe he's that. I think Herbert's a little bit better, to be honest with you. Yeah. But 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 I think Harburg's probably years of development away. And then Smothers strikes me as a guy that would, you know, complete 9 of 20 and run. He's like Luke. He's mm -hmm. a lot like Luke, probably mm -hmm. not quite as dynamic an athlete probably as Luke. Probably a little more similar. refined, though. Probably a little more refined. Smart guy, yeah. but I, the throwing is a concern. Right. You know, Luke turned down throws last year, in part because Luke knew he couldn't make them. Right. And then he would run. Sam, and that's the concern you have about Luke. Sam, here's what it comes down to. Yeah, they are developing, at this, at, particularly at that age. But as they're developing, you still, they still have to be able to win. I mean, Josh Allen won at Wyoming as he, he was developing. You can do that, and that's what you're looking for. So what I would say is August is critical for those two guys. And what you hope is that every practice they feel a lot of urgency. I mean, a lot of it. I mean, every practice is extremely valuable for guys like that. They can't really have two bad two practices where they don't learn a lot, where they don't get a lot done. You can't at, at, their, state, at their stage of the game, in the situation they're in, Every day 
you have to attach urgency to, and that's what I just hope is happening. Who's the backup going to be? Well, here's the thing, Sam. I'm not Adrian dodging. Gets hurt at Illinois. Here, here, I, hey, we're we're knocking on wood. Right. That's not going to happen. But if it happened, I think Harburg. But I think the conversation's ongoing. I don't think that you're that Scott will name a number two and the com, the the competition will stop. I think that, and he has he has made reference he to has. that. Yeah, those guys will have to keep competing. I think if I think if Martinez were out for an extended amount of time, the compelling case is Harburg. Right. In my opinion, extended. Because Yes, because Extend. I think there's a lot there, and it's better if you learn it. I think if we're talking and you're up 42-3 against Fordham and it's the third quarter, I think Logan Smothers drops out there. Mm-hmm. Or maybe even Matt Masker. Yeah. You don't need to show all of your cards if you're blowing out a team. And you know what? Again, I think they're going to beat Illinois. I hold out the possibility that they beat Illinois by three touchdowns. So we may learn who the number two is in the very first game. Yeah. Because there's so many more games that Adrian needs to win this season that I don't think they're going to, and I hope they don't, feel like they need to keep him in an undue amount of time to prove anything. Right. Because oh, yeah, he's played enough football games. Right. If you're up 35 nothing on Fordham at halftime, and they probably will be, that may be a time to sit him down and let him have a Fairbury hot dog and a, and, and, and a Pepsi. Yeah. Just don't. Don't risk yes, it. The, the last topic is this, and this was your topic, and I think it's a really good one. Mm-hmm. Do you think Nebraska should want to have either a 1,200-yard rusher, which is 100 yards per game if we talk about a 12-game regular season, or a 12-sack pass rusher, which is one sack a game, correlating to whatever that means for the team if they had that player at running back or that player at pass rusher? Okay, here's the way I would break that down. They had it. They had that situation in 2013. They, did. They, they had Amir Abdullah run for 1,600 yards, six yards a carry, nine touchdowns, and Randy Gregory got ten and a half sacks. They had both. Now, here's the way I'd answer it. It's the, the answer is running back. You want a, a reliable, big-time running back over a pass rusher. And you can one way to illustrate why is because in 2014, once again, they had Amir Abdullah and Randy Gregory. Gregory tailed off, wasn't always available, had seven sacks. Amir ran for 1,600 yards again, 19 TDs, and both seasons were about the same. Mm -hmm. So what's it tell you? It's probably that the the running back was more valuable of those two. Do you see what I'm saying? Do you see the logic? I do. I I will say this, that if they had a pass rusher who had 12 sacks in a season, okay. That's a really, really good defense, knowing what we know about Chin Anders' defenses, which is they haven't been high sack. Right. So if they had a guy, and I don't think they do have this player, but if they did, um, to me it would indicate that they were really good on defense. Like Wisconsin 2019 good on defense? Yes. And it would correlate to me to significant success. Now the flip side of the coin is, can Coach Scott Frost get to the point where he desires – a 1,200-yard back each season. I get you. Because Bo wanted that. Mm-hmm. Riley did, too. He didn't mm-hmm. get it. Mm-hmm. But he actually kind of did. I mean, they had a tailback. Remember, they gave it to Trey Bryant 4,000 times yeah. in the first two games in 2017. Right. So he desired that. Yeah, that I think was he did desire wanted. it. Yeah. I'm not sure that that's ever been Scott's framework. Like, I think he's – we're going to run four guys – this guy's going to have 700. This guy's going to have 500, 400, 330. They're going to average 7.3 yards a carry, and we're going to win 10 games. But, Sam, what has he said recently? He's, he's, he's changed, changed his tune. A tube. little. Yeah, he's changed he his tune. He wants a bell cow. He wants a bell cow, and he wants a defined bell cow and a defined number two. So maybe I think that – I think his mindset 
the Big Ten. Yeah. Yeah. I think his mindset is shifting from the different world he was in. He was in another world in the AAC. Right. Right? Another yes. world. Right. And, I and think in the his, Pac-12. Yeah. I think his mindset is shifting. And, again, I, I'm taking the rusher in part because I think if you have that Amir Abdullah, Rex Burkett, or Roy Hallou of late, it takes a lot of pressure off your defense. Sam, it takes a lot of pressure off everybody. I mean, you take pressure off you. Absolutely. I mean, if you have that guy, Amir Abdullah, back there, I mean, I know what, you know what, having a Randy Gregory, that sort of rusher is very alluring. Yeah. And they're both very valuable, but I'm taking the rusher. We're going to talk to the running backs uh, this week. And what's interesting to me is that we always wait for quarterback day because we want to talk to the quarterback, the quarterback, the quarterback. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When Amir, when Amir Abdullah was the lead, was the, was the running back here. Um, well, first of all, Taylor was his quarterback for two years, and Taylor said virtually nothing. So we right. always looked for a Rex yeah. and Amir yeah. <laughs> because they were the leaders of the offense. Oh, yeah, Amir was And great then when, it, when, when Taylor got hurt and it became Tommy and it became Ron Kellogg, we went and looked for Amir. And then in 2014, we went and looked for Amir. The program was defined under Bo Pelini, on, at least on offense, by the running backs, by yes, Roy and you know Joe in the first year, but Roy and Rex and Amir, yep. three NFL backs who had moderate success in the league. Rex yep. has the most, but yeah. but they've had good success. And since then, this program has been defined by quarterbacks, and I don't think it's that coincidental that they haven't been very good. Right. And when they were really, really good under T.O. and Tommy Frazier changed that conversation. I get it. I get it. But what we grew up on were Ibacks. Yeah. That's what oh, we grew up on. Four good ones yeah. at a time. Yeah. Sam, you just made a case that it's the rusher that you need, a running back, a big-time running back. That's fair. That's fair. In this defense, I would say if they had somebody like that, they basically have, you know, Shaquem. Yeah. They have that guy. That would help. And if they had that, then they would be really, really special. And I, I don't, don't think see it. Have, I don't no. think Frost thinks they have that guy yeah. this year. Yeah, I don't see it. I, it'd be nice. And those, those guys are hard to come by, too. They are. They, there's only, like, one of them in the Big Ten per year. It's either the guy at Wisconsin from a couple of years ago or it's Chase Young. Mm -hmm. And Chase Young, as many people know, is the number one player in the country, the number one pass rusher in the country when he came out. And those players don't go to Nebraska anymore. Right. They go to Ohio State. Right. And in order to get those players, you have to be as good as Ohio State is now to get in that conversation. And that's the one area where Nebraska's defense has to get to, is you have to be able to walk into somebody's room. You can do this with receivers and running backs often. You can say, hey, you're going to be the featured guy here. But when it comes to defensive players, you know you've reached the top. When you can walk into the top 50 defensive player room, the living room, and say, you're coming to us, and they're like, okay. Dude, that I hope people understand where we're coming from. There was a time, Sam when Nebraska would regularly produce first-round talent. Trev Alberts. On defense. Trev Al Mike Kroll. Mike Kroll, yeah. Uh, Wistrom, Peter. Yep. Pretty regular, regularly first-round picks. Neil Smith, they could walk into a room in Louisiana or in California or in Missouri, and they could get it. Sam, see, I, sometimes I think Nebraska fans, it's been so long that they almost forgot what you need. I, I believe that. Yeah. I mean, they – they just haven't had those draft results. The lack of good draft results of late are very telling. That tells you a lot. It tells you a lot about what you need to know. Mm -hmm. We'll talk more about that in the next episode of Sip and Sam Showdown. Where is Nebraska's talent and how close are the Huskers to breaking through in the Big Ten West? Eh, maybe they're closer than we think. For Sip, I'm Sam. This is the Sip and Sam Showdown.